Hello, and welcome back to the FPL Roundtable. I'm your host, Kevin DeVries, and as always with me is my trusty cohort and inarguably better FPL player than me, Rob Langevin. <laughs> What's going on, Rob? Uh, you know, the, it, you can argue it. I mean, come on. It's the first day of FPL. You can't be putting yourself down already. <laughs> I mean, it, it, the price, we just got... We just got into this, and everybody's been changing their rosters. You know, everybody's F5 button no longer works anymore, and everybody's rosters are probably not anything close to what they're going to look like in, you know, 25 days when the season starts. Uh, but, you know, it, today today's basically like a national holiday for fantasy FPL players. So I'm glad to be here with you, Kev, talking about footy for the first – we'll actually call it – we called last week's show, I believe, like the first show. Well, it show, wasn't. It was a tease. Yeah, you know why? Because everybody was going off of fake information. Everybody got leaked information. Everybody paid their, fi- you know, the fifteen quid, and got fake prices. And they weren't even. Some of them were close. Some were good. Some were bad. But, yeah, you know, I think whatever. you do a little apology on uh, Andre Gray, though. Yeah, well, he he was listed. He's cheaper than what they listed. True, but he's a lot more expensive than you thought he'd come in. Yeah, I don't agree with their factoring. What do you want me to tell you? <laughs> Fair enough. Anyway, uh, not to get negative already, because as Rob alluded to, it is Happy FPL Day. Yes. The FPL game is officially back. We're trying to get this to you as quick as we can, but very excited, as he said, to be bringing you FPL news for the first time, really, this season. Off the top game changes. We talked a lot about them last show. A lot of people had been wondering, especially with this new statistics page, if player uh, positions were going to be changed. None of the really big ones were. No Alexis or Sanchez. Or <laughs> Alexis or Sanchez. It's they're, two they're both different people now. It's his just, it's just conjoined twin who also, who also plays forward slash midfielder. <laughs> it's, it's very confusing. Or it's Carlos Sanchez, who is not very good at football. But... Uh, I've had Alexis or Firmino. They both stay at their normal positions. We'll get into more position changes in a little bit. But as for the actual game, some people thought that the crisps would go away, but they haven't. The bonus system has stayed the same, though most of them wish that it hadn't. Each player card does now show this thing called their ICT score, which is some made-up stat that they've contrived that combines influence, creativity, and threat, whatever those are. And it doesn't even line up with their own scoring system. Only Otzel, Mars, and Ericsson appear in the top 10 of both lists. It actually lines up much better with our friends over at Taga, where 7 of the top 10 on the ICT show up in their top 15. But that looks like it's already super useless. Uh, yeah, so I, th- th- those are the quote-unquote changes that have been made to the game. Do you have any reactions to any of that or anything that you wish had been included? Uh, you know, I, li- I like the way the new skin looks. I mean, the skin and the ga- and the... The toggling around for transfers and stuff like that—that's that's nice. Um, yeah, I, I I'm gonna get into the ICT stuff a little bit. I mean, yeah, I I understand. Like, I, I guess this is their this where their way of dumbing it down a little bit for the casual player to put flashy things on. You know, it's like putting a horn ornament on like a Yugo. You know, you, <laughs> is basically what the way I look at it. Like, you don't need you don't need it. You're driving a Yugo. You're gonna drive it anyway, but don't put a hood <laughs> ornament on it, and and like, you know, clog up the system with stuff that doesn't cognitively make sense. Because Kevin's the numbers guy here, and he he already looked at it and he said he doesn't make sense. So I'm gonna believe Kevin. I mean, it makes sense in other formats, but it doesn't line up with their stats well, or or it, their scoring system. Yeah, I understand what they're trying to do, and you know, maybe this is a the first step in the direction that they're gonna expand. The scoring in years to come could be, 
you know, this is, you know, all right, we're going to introduce these stats now to get everybody aware of them, and then wambo bambo, you know. Yeah, and if there is one stat that this is borrowing from heavily, it's chances created. Yeah. If you look at those lists, it's very similar. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, I, I'm liking what I'm seeing so far. I, 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 like I said, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a dummy. I, 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 I follow... Uh, I like things that are pretty and easy to use, and this this seems like I like this skin. I like the way that the you know your team is bigger now. It's not like condensed into one eighth of the screen. I'm a big dummy when it comes to computers, so I like it big and dumb and you know full pretty. of beer. Yeah, pretty, full <laughs> of beer. I want a big dumb and full of beer. <laughs> uh, I don't know if we're talking about girls or fantasy games anymore, but you know what? Por qué no los dos? Doesn't matter. They still. <laughs> Both will dance for a dollar at a time. That's all. <laughs> um, you need to go to nicer places, man. All right. They, well, if you say if you do it one dollar at a time, they you know they come around more often. But if you do five dollars, they're gonna be like, oh, he wants a dance. And you can't you can't get a dance every time. Mm, fair enough. Just a small question. They they did finally revamp the visuals on it. We talked last time about how this one might take a little longer to come out because. Of the redesign, mm-hmm. does it bother you at all that forwards are still behind the halfway line? I know it doesn't actually matter. Well, it's before kickoff. Okay. All right. You can't you can't stand on the other side of the pitch before kickoff. I mean, it bothers me that you know if your team has possession in the kickoff, you know, you don't have to have two guys in the circle necessarily, but you're not going to pass them to the guy way on the wing right well, off the tap because it'll get stolen. True, but now you don't have to pass it sideways to begin a match anymore. Now you can just pass it straight back, which is a very strange thing that we saw a little bit in the competitions this summer. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, no, I, I agree with most of your points on the design. I do think it looks, I think it looks very nice. I do think it's still strange that some teams haven't released their kits yet. Not, yeah. <laughs> not sure what they're waiting for. But but, I, but I like I like how they're being nice at the bottom. All shirts will be faithfully reproduced here once <laughs> kits are launched. <laughs> how pretentious is that sentence? All home shirts will be faithfully reproduced. Mm. Man, I hope I didn't, didn't just offend all British listeners. Uh, I was trying to do the Ponzi ones that you don't like, in which case, uh, haha. But if you're a Ponzi one, then I was doing the group of British people that you intrinsically hate. So vis-a-vis, you, you hate us because we're, we're Metagons doing a fantasy Premier League podcast. <laughs> USA! You, no, okay. America. <laughs> Here to save the mother effing day, yeah. Um, I did mention earlier that there have been some changes to player positions. Uh, alphabetically, they are Daniel Amarte has moved from defense to midfield, Chris Brunt from midfield to defense, Daly Blint from midfield to defense, Bojan Bojan Bo- Bojangles from forward to midfield, Eric Dyer from defense to midfield, Hyungmin Sun from forward to midfield, Triore uh, of Chelsea fame, Bertrand from forward to midfield, and Duncan Watmore from forward to midfield. Any of those that you're really cluing in on? Um, you know, anybody who's listened to us in the offseason, I've been, I've been pining for Daly Blinn to be listed as a, a defender uh, because basically he was a defender most of the year last year. Um, you know, that now that I don't know where he fits into the United system, um, I hope he fits in because, you know, he showed that he could be a, a you know, a, a viable fantasy option, you know, I, I I hate that his point total was stunted last year because of, you know, him being listed as a midfielder and the clean sheets that he did, 
you know, Garner, he only got 1.4 instead of 3. Um, <clears throat> the other one that's interesting to me is Eric Dyer. And this is the I, – I preempted this on the uh, – right before we started recording that I'm yeah. going to say something to Kevin that he's not really going to like too much. Um, Kevin, if I told you that you know Der- Eric Dyer scored 130 points last year as a defender, mm. okay? He had 12 clean sheets. You realize if you take those 12 clean sheets away and give him the points as a midfielder, he's worse than Darren Fletcher. <laughs> I'm honestly not that surprised. I wouldn't – I honestly wouldn't want any part of that. <clears throat> you know um, – yeah, I mean, anybody who's looking at Dyer right now as a product for a fantasy team or, a, you know, because they look at his 5.5 price tag, they, they think, wow, this is great. You know, I'm, I'm doing well. I'm probably stealing candy from, you know, the proverbial FPL baby. Um, yeah, you don't want anything to do with it. His, his value, and we'll get into this a little bit later because I want to touch on N'Golo Conte uh, with Chelsea now, um, is basically linked and very similar to what N'Golo Conte is going to do. But I'm going to touch on that a little bit more because I want to ask Kevin his opinion on this as well. Um, yeah, defensive midfielders in fantasy, fantasy Premier League, the official game, is is not anywhere you want to invest any of your funds. Yeah, for sure. And uh, you just mentioned the perfect person to switch to, which is Daly Blint, who last year played as a defender. This year probably going to play in midfield, but even if he still plays as a defender... He's going to get you those points for the clean sheets that he didn't last year. So I think you just swap them. Yeah, uh, absolutely. The one that's really interesting to me is Bojan, Bojan, Bojangles. <laughs> because I loved him last year and was kind of screwed out of points in two different formats with him. Um, because a lot of times the goals weren't coming. There was that whole period where he was doing a false nine thing while Diof was out before Josalu got going. Wait, he's, he's the Stoke one, right? Mm-hmm. Juan me is the Southampton. Jose Lu, yeah, who's yeah. now left. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but I love that he's now listed as a midfielder. It's really where he plays. He's more of a creative player than a finisher, and mm-hmm. I think he'll be much more valuable this season. Have you ever really wished that you looked up his price before you started rambling about him? I sure haven't, because I already knew that it was six smooth. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I think that's probably worth it. Maybe not to start the season. Um, but just kind of keep an eye on him. I think that that's the one that I'm really interested in. Blint is very interesting, but at 5-5, not knowing whether he's playing in defense or midfield, both uh, tactically and squad depth-wise, because he could get pushed out by Baye, he could get pushed out if Marcus Rojo decides to actually be a center back again. If you push him up to the midfield, they still have Schneiderlin and Schweinsteiger and Carrick uh, and Herrera, who he has to all deal with. So I'd, sure. I'd probably, yep, so I'd probably hold off on him for now. But I, I agree that that's another one that will be very interesting uh, throughout the season to kind of keep an eye on. Yeah, but he's he's basically the same price as every initial investment in anybody in the United defenses. You know, Darmian's 5'5", five, five, Blinn's 5'5", five, five, Valencia's 5'5", five, five, uh, Shaw's 5'5". Five, five. Anybody who's looking like they're going to start is 5'5", five, five, except for Smalling. Smalling's position, I know, is guaranteed there, so he's at 6-0. Right, um, and it seems so, fair. Yeah, absolutely. It completely does. Because, what do you, you, know, what do you he, think about Luke Shaw? Sorry, not to interrupt. What do you think no, about him at 5-5? You know, he was showing promise before, before, the, before the broken leg, and I liked him last year. Um, you know, at 5-5, the initial investment into, like, the United Defense, like I said, you know, it's worth a shot. Um, I don't know how fit. He's going to be. I know he's been training, and I know he's going to be getting in some preseason games. Um, but you know, I'm I'm leery on the whole United defense besides Smalling 
factor because I don't know how everybody else is going to run besides Smalling. Are, are, can you tell me that Darmian isn't going to get a, going to get some play here? Are you going to tell me Blind is going to get some play here? Are you going to tell me that Valencia isn't going to get play? Who showed very well down the stretch last year and fits the, and fits the system there that you know that Mourinho likes to play. He likes guys who can attack from the from the wing on defense. Um, so you know, there's a lot of, and then you got you know CBJ, and then you got Fosu Mensa, you know, lying in the weeds. So you know, United has a, has a good thing going for them. They have a lot of talented defenders. Um, and they have a lot of talented midfielders, uh, and and you know their forward ranks are nothing to sneeze about. Ibrahimovic, um, so you know, I just don't. I but for five five, he's basically going to be your second defender because you're going to invest either six five or six zero oh in one of your your key defenders, either whether it be Bellerin, Toby, or Smalling. Now, whether you choose to double up on a United defender and limit yourself from adding one more. You know, United player or throughout the rest of your pitch, whether it be Mctarian or Ibrahimovic up, up top, you know, because you are still only allotted three. Uh, but, but yeah, I mean, I, I'm not convinced that I don't know who is going to start there. It's going to take a couple games into the season for me to actually bl- buy into it. I just like Daly Blind because of what he showed last year, and I knew that his, or I assumed that his, you know, position would change. So I was hoping he'd be at five zero, but he's at five five. So, you know, say love. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, you mentioned uh, a lot of defenders there. Obviously, last season, the game did tend to lean a little bit more defensively. Not not that defenders were more valuable, but it seemed to be the best place to make up ground on other people. Do you think that we'll see that again this season? Yeah, absolutely. Because everybody rosters the big names through the top. The defenders are basically going to settle themselves out. People are going to settle in on the 4.0, the 4.5, and the 5.0 bargains that are scoring points for them. And they're going to hone in on them. And then everybody's going to have to, to play off of them and find new targets that are in the same 4.0, 4.5, 5.0 range. You know, we went through last year when um, the Southampton defender, who was basically 3.7 because he was just cheaper than oh, every, Matty cheaper Target. Than, yeah. yeah, Matt Target, where he had three or four games in a row. And, you know, people shifted to him because he had one game in a row. So they, they ran the gamut of gambling on that and then setting their top two defenders with Matty Target. So basically it's going to be the same way. I mean, the, the system could be written a thousand different ways. But you basically want to roster an elite defender, a middle defender, and then a rotation guy. You know, uh, we're going to touch on some, some you know, teams with better schedules coming up. Uh, so the, stay tuned probably after the commercial <laughs> break. Um, but... But yeah, I mean, defensively is where it's at because there's just so many more options and it changes from game week to game week with the matchups that they get, they are given. You know, the midfield options, you basically want guys who are either going to assist or score. Forwards, you want guys who are going to score or assist. You know, so defenders, you want guys who are either going to get clean sheets or take free kicks or occasionally maybe get a headed goal. Those That's, that's what you want. But the number one factor in, in choosing a defender is, you know, you want a guy who has an excellent matchup for a clean sheet. That's got it's still number it's still, you know, number one in my column. Yeah, yeah. There, there's a lot of there's a lot of sense to that. It will be interesting with the influx of attacking players that you, you mentioned the big names. Everybody's going to be drawn to, um, like in, in my very first one this morning, uh, put Ibrahimovic in there, and then realized I don't want to pay that much for. You know, we've known Ibrahimovic over his career. He scored 50 club goals last year, which is insane. But yeah. it was in a lesser league. And 
Yeah, everybody that listens to this will know I tend to be a little bit risk averse when it comes to FPL. And for me, that was eating up so much of my budget. Do, do you think that players like Ibrahimovic or Mkhitaryan or any of those guys are, are worth it despite coming in at a high cost? Because, you know, our clubs, Jansen and Batshuayi, are both hilariously high-priced. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. With Jansen at 8 and Batshuayi at 9, and we're not even sure either of them are going to be starting week 1? Absolutely. You know what? If there's one person that I kind of trust with that price tag, is probably Ibrahimovic. He's probably on a shelf completely by himself. The likes of Mkhitaryan, Batshuayi, Jansen, Nolito... Um, you know any of the big market signings that signed this this uh, transfer? I have question marks. Besides Ibrahimovic, listen. If people want to do the the whole Aguerovich already to start off the season, fine. Go ahead. That's blow, so much. Blow your blow your, your twenty four point five million on two stri- two strikers. You never really have to ever play a third striker unless you're a psychopath. Um, and you need the you know the hugs from your parents. Lo- uh, love the calling of our audience, psychopaths. <laughs> no, but I'm saying like no, you don't ever have to. St- if if you have Aguero and Ibrahimovic up top, you're who, counting on them for your goals. You could have Duke Ianacho's, uh starting safety brother for the Denver for the Denver Broncos, but uh, <laughs> because you're never ever, I would never pl- I would never play him because he's going to be such a cheap option that you're never going to do that. You'd rather I'd probably rather invest in. Five midfielders that are moderately priced, you know, through the and nobody above ten. So go Ali, Firmino, Fabregas, Townsend, Sigurdsson across the midfield, and then go cheap across the defense minus one guy and rotate the other, rotate the other four. Hmm. And you could do it, and it probably makes sense. You're probably guaranteed a goal a week with between Aguero and Ibrahimovic because if one doesn't score, the other one probably is. So, you know, I I can't fault. There's no there's no right or wrong reason to do anything in this in this. Because everybody has the same budget and everybody can do what they want. It's kind of like DFS and Daily Fantasy. You know, you can build your team at whatever you want as long as you're under the budget. Yeah. If you think Ibrahimovic is worth it, are you just no longer concerned about any playing time issues? I mean, obviously they bought him to play him. Yeah. And interestingly, uh, we oh, when I mentioned position changes, I think I missed Martial. Oh yeah, we absolutely did. We absolutely missed Martial. Yeah. I think Anthony Martial is probably one of the worst buys at 9.5 through the midfield. It's very expensive. He's going to be forced out wide, where he can be very creative. It'll be interesting. I assume that when we see this team play, that he's going to tuck in like a second striker off the left. Yeah, absolutely. But, um, yeah. I, I, this morning, I, w- I was actually really interested in it, and the more I thought about it, I kind of came away to your your line of thinking. If, you know, it, I, but, if it was 8-5... I think it would very much be worth it for a whole whole buck more. Yeah, but compare it this way: Would you rather own Ozil or Martial? Oh, not even close. Yeah, so that I mean, his price tag to me is is on a comparative comparative neat, comparative way. I, I I'd want to own Ozil ten times out of ten. You know, Mares, Mares, Mares or Martial. Mares, not close. Yeah, same yeah. close. Payet or or Mar- Martial. Yeah, it's not even still, close. Yeah. He's not a 9.5 player. He's more of like a, a an 8.0 player, but since he's changed positions and they're expecting him to maybe produce what they saw last year, but now he's listed as a midfielder, so they comparatively have to rate him in the Ozil, Mares, Payet, Mkhitaryan. Mkhitaryan's a little overpriced for me, too, 9.5. I don't trust him, but anyway. But com- comparatively what he did last year and what he could be doing compared to what he is priced at compared to the Ozil Mares and Payets, you know, he's going to be the least owned 
over nine dot well over nine five player in in fantasy premier. Mm. Mkhitaryan is a, actually a very good point that you make, and a, and a little bit on Ibrahimovic as well. While we're sticking on United, who's the last really big name player to come to Manchester United and find success their first year? Because it seems like recently all of them have flopped. Maybe Martial, but he didn't get off to a flying hot start. Depay struggled. Di Maria struggled. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, you know, but it's also a different system there now. They have a guy who's built the team to something that he wants, and he's going to put guys in a position where he they he wants them to be. True. Instead of also, trying to, if they buy Pogba, please do not add him to your fantasy team the first week. Mm-hmm. Realize be- that he plays further back. Just that's yeah. all I'm asking. Is he going to score be, a wonder goal every once in a while? Yeah. But and, and the funny thing is, Kev, what do you think? What do you think? Just, just speculative here. Pogba, when he comes in, more expensive or less expensive than Alexis Sanchez at 11 Dotto? I think it's at 11. I think that's yeah. about it. I agree. I think it's at 11 as well. Yeah. And and, and I'd, ta- I'd rather own Kevin De Bruyne again 10 times out of 10. Oh, over for Pogba sure. In this format. Wouldn't even be close. Um, you mentioned uh, during that the, the Martial change to midfield. I think something that some people are, are forgetting about in some of these forward to midfielder shifts is that you get a free point if they're a team with a good defense. Mm-hmm. Is if they're keeping clean sheets, you're getting a free point. I think that's one of the reasons why I was interested in Martial this morning, but you do make some some excellent points against it. Um, that's that's the only reason why I think Kyungmin Sun is even worth mentioning. But I'm I'm me of all people am shying away from ah, those Spurs me. players. Ah, me. That's me. <laughs> Because I don't know how we're going to break down into Champions League and Premier League teams. Yeah, that's true. It's it's I'm really not excited about it. Based on what we're hearing about Jansen, it sounds like he's going to be more of a 60th minute sub in both competitions. So mm-hmm. I think Kane you can trust. Actually, I know we, <laughs> he tried to get me to not talk about it, but this is, is actually a valuable fantasy argument and one that we've had on this show very often, especially when we have guests on. Erickson and Ali, both at 8'5". I know you tend to lean Ali. Are you sticking with that? Yes, absolutely. He's more of a dynamic player than 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 Erickson is on the pitch. Erickson has the set piece ability, where Ali has the in game ability. Yeah, I'll take the I'll take the guy with in game ability all the time. Oh, and, and getting getting to your Victor, you know Vincent Vincent Jansen. Yeah. I I said this to you via text, I believe. Uh, he's basically Spurs's Leonardo Ochoa. Yeah. The guy you bring on late, he'll get a he'll get a few goals, but don't really yep. buy into it. Yeah, he'll fi- he'll finish with seven 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 to ten goals, three to four assists. I think that's I think that's kind. I, I was thinking more in like the five to eight yeah. range, but yeah, yeah, I, I I completely agree. I think almost everyone in the Spurs defense is overpriced, other than Alderweireld, especially considering we're likely going to see the same rotation. That we saw this year during the Europa League. And Alderweireld is the only player in that defense that doesn't have a substitute. I will say for the first six weeks, Kevin Vimmer, I think, is a must-own. While Vertonghen's out. For just 5-0, I think that's an excellent entry point into this defense. But uh, So Alderweireld, Vimmer, and Kane are really the only ones that I'm super confident in. As we have yet to see the Champions League. In your defense of the Ali case... He's young enough and is more of an athlete than Erickson, so he might see more minutes in both competitions. Mm-hmm. But I really wouldn't be surprised if Erickson just shows up um, in the Champions League more. Also, Lamella at 7.0 is a really interesting one. He finished sixth in chances created last season. And it was it was the quiet breakout year. Where if you look at his end of season stats, you're like, oh, okay, I see where this is going. 
If he plays more in the Premier League than the Champions League this year, I think he has a lot of value. If not, then he obviously doesn't, since I've rambled about Tottenham for so long, and you mentioned you want to bring up Conte. Now it's your turn to ramble about Chelsea. Now, since N'Golo Conte is basically the defensive wizard he was with Leicester, you know, garnered player of the year votes, and we compared him to what Dyer could be or was or is, uh, you think he has any increased value with Chelsea this year? I think he does because it's a better team. Uh, the question is going to be how will Conte use him? Because Conte typically has played with three at the back, although he did start out with a 4-4-2 uh, in his managerial career. If he's and, and we actually texted about this earlier today about what direction is this Chelsea midfield going? Because if Fabregas is paired next to Conte, it helps both of them significantly. Absolutely. Um, and we could see Fabregas get back to that. What, what did he have? Twenty assists two years ago. Nineteen. Yeah, twenty, twenty, somewhere in there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, even though but, they were all in the first half. Yeah, but the... but we we've talked about this, you know, a couple times, and and we've compared you know Fabregas to Conte's previous success through the midfield. You know, Marquezio. I mean, could he get, could he could possibly be Conte's Marquezio with Chelsea? Correct. Yeah, I mean, well. Mm... Marquezio's a much better passer of the ball than Conte is already. No, Fabregas. Fabregas. Oh, oh, sorry, sorry. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, for sure. Where he's, he's, he's Mar- half deep line playmaker, half attacking midfielder. He just kind of floats up and back. Yeah, I love Marquezio. He's a ter- terrific yeah. player. And it was a real shame for Italy that he missed the Euros this year. Yeah, and but. I think Fabregas can fit that Conte role for, for Chelsea. The rest of it is all up in you know question marks. because. Oh, I was getting confused because... Uh, the way you're saying Conte and Conte yeah, is... Yeah, Conte. Is... You know what? From now on, I'll go Angola. How's that? Okay. And, and Antonio Conte. Antonio. <laughs> AC or NC. <laughs> but, but yeah, uh, you know, getting on to Chelsea because, you know, I'm a Blues supporter. Uh, I don't know what they're going to do. Nobody knows what they're going to do. If they tell you what to do, they're lying to your face. Um, they have so many different players that can play everywhere. They have... Quadrado, who's now committed to the team for the full year. They have William. They have Pedro. They have Oscar still looming somewhere. I think he mm. maybe renting he's a Winnebago. He's just in a closet somewhere. <laughs> yeah, he's renting a Winnebago <laughs> somewhere. Um, they Hazard, have some obviously. Players. Yeah. You know, Modic is still there. Uh, Hazard. Absolutely, Hazard. I, I completely missed him. Um, they, have, they have like six guys to play, you know, three spots. Um, you know, I believe that the only two spots that are, that are firm for the – Chelsea, besides forward, are Hazard is going to play offset of the of the forwards in a wing role, and Conte is going to play the defensive mid midfielder. Where everybody else plays, I haven't the slightest idea. Quadrado could play outside defender. Um, you know, they could play t- they could play two defenders and completely sit on the ball with Modic and Conte next to each other. They could play Willian anywhere he, anywhere on the pitch because he has success doing anything he wants. Uh, they could play Fabregas, you know, next to Conte. They could play, you know, Pedro on the wing, Hazard on the other wing, Fabregas and Conte in the middle, Quadrado on the defensive midfield, which I think is probably the best way. But that's me. Um, I, you know, it's it's a good. It's I guess it's a good luxury to have. It's bad for fantasy because I think um, until we actually see them in preseason and start seeing how they rotate in and out and who fits where, it's going to be tough. You know, 20, 26, 25 days out from the season right now to pick your roster and be like, you know what. Fabregas is my guy. He's got a great price tag. He does have a good price tag. At seven point five, if if Cesc Fabregas can can get into into games, play like we know he can play, 
and get you, you know, 15 assists, maybe six or seven goals this year, that'd be a quality return for a 7.5 player. Yeah, I completely agree. And while you've you've mentioned uh, defensive midfielders here a few times, uh, I've already seen an article talking about how Gundogan is a steal at (laughs) 5.5. Also not a player that really gets forward. Last year, he had a goal and three assists in 25 matches in the Bundesliga. That is not significant. Ask, some, ask anybody on the street to spell his name after you say it. <laughs> and, and then, my, favorite, and then, my favorite is the people that like overcommit trying to get it right, and it just sounds like Guan Wang. Ilkan. Guan He's Dennis Oilcan's bro- Boyd's brother. Ilkan. <laughs> as, as we all know. Um, but yeah, that's another new player that I'm really not that excited about. Are, are there any incoming players? Because we've just kind of talked crap about a whole bunch of people. Are there any incoming players that you are interested in? Yeah, you know, I there's nobody really that I'm jumping on. It's more players that have either been promoted or changed teams within the Premier. Um, what about so like Mane moving from Southampton? To zero, zero value at 9.0. How about going I, the other way with Redmond replacing him? Love Redmond. Love him. Love him. At, what is he, 6'5", I believe? 6'0"? Yeah, I just remember seeing it. Oh, yeah, it might have been 5'5". Yeah, he's yeah, either 6'0 yeah. or 6'5". You know... And that, that actually is an gr- excellent segue, Kev, because I wanted to actually touch on some, some of the you know, promoted team guys. and yeah, some guys it is 6.0, by the way. Yeah. yeah. So on the promoted, the promoted teams, now that, now that we have their values, instead of just you know, guessing ad nauseum of, of what we want to say they mm. are, uh, better value from promoted clubs. I'll just throw some random guys at you. Yeah. Elman Hamidi, who finished in 2014-2015 with 114 points, his last time in the Premier League. Yep. Or Stuart Downing. Who finished with 160 Ooh. points, and he finished in the top 20 in scoring that same year. Yes, Downing played almost 400 more minutes that year, but the way that you've seen Muhammad play for Hull and the way he fits into their system, who are you picking amongst those two? Man, I, I we talked a little bit earlier today. We tend to just super lean to the Hull guys. I think both of us. No, have, I love Hull guys, but I think both of us have two in our current squads. I almost had three, but decided it's against the Steve it. Steve Bruce effect. <laughs> <laughs> That's why he's about to get the England job. Yeah. That's uh, by the way, that might not be true. But today, yeah. it was the rumor of the day that Steve Bruce is going to be the England manager. Also, sorry, um, I I probably leaning El Mahamedy, but I can certainly see why you'd go the other way. My my only pause is that while I know Mark Noble didn't strictly fill his shoes mm-hmm. it was pretty similar production so how much of it was system stuff i did not watch enough middlesbrough last season to make an informed decision based on that um i i but, I'd, but I'd how much better would Stuart down and be with dimitri payet true oh my gosh that'd be so rude hmm i'm i i'd still lean elmo uh, i i think I the the flair and the wing play it leads to, well, I don't know if it leads to more success. Come back to me in a week. Because if they sign Alvaro Negredo, that throws all of Middlesbrough's stuff up in the air again. Yeah. I because think then you have to decide th- if Rhodes is starting, if Negredo's starting, if yeah. Negredo can play the way he did the first half of his first season with City, or the second half where he did absolutely nothing. Mm-hmm. Man, I, I just have so many more questions about Middlesbrough. I, it's, I'm, it's I'm going to stick with question. It's a tough question. It That's is. why it's I wanted to ask question. it. Because it's, it's yeah. guys that, somebody, that they're going to look at because... People go by previous experience, and Mohamed is getting some love, you know, because he's got a cheap price tag and he's a perfect fifth midfielder right now. Same thing with Downing. Same, you know, he's had previous success. 
the, the thing about that that separates him for me is I think Downing, we've seen what he could be already. I think one 160 points, you know, two years ago, I think mm. that's his cap. Mohamedy, I don't think we've seen his cap. I think that he could possibly be Mares Light. How's that? Yeah, a nice little can of Mares Light. I can get down with that. All right, so you you touched on Jordan Rhodes, so I'm gonna I'm gonna bring up three more uh, promoted strikers since now that we have their price tags. Jordan Rhodes six mm. Andre Gray six five, Abel Hernandez six Abel. Uh, yeah, it's it's for me it's not that it's not that hard. But since the listeners at home don't appreciate your love for Abel Hernandez, <laughs> why don't you touch a little bit on Jordan Rhodes? You'd already talked about you know if they sign the Grado, it kind of throws a throws a monkey wrench in there. If you could dodge a wrench, you could draw an FPL wrench. <laughs> <laughs> I really liked that bit. Yeah, Jordan Rhodes obviously had a very good half year. He joined yep. them in January. Um, and you'd expect that he'd be able to do in the Premier League. One of the reasons he'd been such a highly touted prospect for so long was that he had a big frame like three years ago. And mm-hmm. it was just kind of getting the most out of him. And it seems he started to to begin that path. Like, like I and then you mentioned, if Negredo comes in, it kind of scuppers that. Andre Gray, I do love. Uh, Vokes, I was kind of hoping, would be a midfielder. He's listed as a forward. I think 6'5 is just a little too high to start off with. Um, but I, I do like Andre Gray, and I do think he'll be successful. I just wish that he didn't cost so much. It, 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 honestly, it has nothing to do with the player. It's just that extra point five. Although Hernandez obviously scored 20-plus goals last year in the championship. He takes their penalties and everything. So I, I'm, I'm, I'm obviously leaning Abel Hernandez. Yeah, and the, the thing that the thing that lines up for me is, you know, when you look at guys being promoted, especially with the six point five price tag for Andre Gray, uh, when you comparatively look at him, you know, we did this before. Would you would you rather own, you know, Shane Long or Andre Gray? Long. You know, Callum Wilson, who's been in the stat, who's an established Premier League player already, or Andre Gray. Uh, Wilson, though I wasn't super thrilled with what he did once he came back from injury, but still yeah, Wilson. Yeah, he's kind. Of, he was kind of limited in what he could do. Mm-hmm. I don't think he had complete health. Speaking right. of Bournemouth, I do like Gridell at five five. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, I agree. I can get on with that. A lot I of love- the Bournemouth guys ended up being overpriced, but I don't think he did. I, I do love me some Max Gridell. <laughs> He does have the ability that that nobody's really seen yet because his injury we stunted what we could have what he could have been last year. Yeah, you know, and right as he was starting to hit his peak, he did get injured and then came back. And Bournemouth was pretty much all right. We're we're fighting for relegation. Let's just do what we can do to stay there. You know, yeah. not let's not let's so showcase players. Uh, what do you think? Should we take a commercial? Oh yeah. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. The number one selling product of its kind with over 20 years of research and innovation. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, is a prescription medicine used to temporarily make moderate to severe frown lines, crow's feet, and forehead lines look better in adults. 
Effects of Botox Cosmetic may spread hours to weeks after injection, causing serious symptoms. Alert your doctor right away as difficulty swallowing, speaking, breathing, eye problems, or muscle weakness may be a sign of a life-threatening condition. Patients with these conditions before injection are at highest risk. Don't receive Botox Cosmetic if you have a skin infection. Side effects may include allergic reactions, injection site pain, headache, eyebrow and eyelid drooping, and eyelid swelling. Allergic reactions can include rash, welts, asthma symptoms, and dizziness. Tell your doctor about medical history, muscle or nerve conditions including ALS or Lou Gehrig's disease, myasthenia gravis, or Lambert-Eaton syndrome and medications, including botulinum toxins, as these may increase the risk of serious side effects. For full safety information, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. See for yourself at BotoxCosmetic.com. We did it. Nailed it. Boom. Whatever that is, it's the best product ever. And you I should bro- definitely buy it or try to I, acquire it in some way. I rub it all over my earlobes. Have you tried using the Bitcoins? Bitcoins? To, to oh my buy God. it? I, I use my Pokemon.go gym all yeah, the time. Yeah, I, I, uh, I, I did squats. I did squats <laughs> at Pokemon Go. Be, I, be honest, I don't actually – I didn't actually download it. Kev, did you actually download it? I have not, no. And, thank, and, and I have thank not – Thank the Lord. <laughs> I have not uh, been one of the people attacking his friends for using it all the time. Yeah. But I will say I did see a thing online that was like, oh, I don't play Pokemon Go because I have a life. And then it said, and then uh, it said, people that'll have five fantasy football leagues in a month. Yeah, and I was like, shut up! You don't know me. Entering a mock draft now, whatever. But that's, but I'll, that's why I, I won't judge. I, I will have to. I will have to say that this podcast, and if you're doing actually Pokemon.go exercises, is the perfect tune-up to listen to while you're going to look for a Charmander or uh, you know whatever. Yeah, this is the unofficially sponsored podcast of Pokemon Go. Uh, maybe. Mm-mm. <laughs> no. I'm just trying to get some of that Nintendo money, man. Yeah. They, they made something insane, like $38 million on their opening weekend of this app. They, I don't they, even know how they're making money on it. But They made they $31 are... million in 13 days with people with buying app purchases for more balls. Oh, there's or... in-app purchases? Yeah you, could, yeah, you could buy stuff. Hmm. Well, yeah, no, no, no judgment from my end because I just waste all my life doing fantasy stuff. So we'll see, we'll see how that goes. And and I watch porn, lots of porn. <laughs> Frankly, I never turn it off. So just live streaming in the background. No, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I read no, the I, articles. I, I read the articles. What is this? The letter to penthouse? Is that? Yeah, it's exactly what it is. Is that still a thing? Yeah, dear Middlesbrough. Is, is penthouse still a thing? I'm gonna dear, Google that. Yeah, it's totally penthouse true. still a thing? Question mark. <laughs> the first thing is ten things you didn't know about penthouse. I'm not gonna clink the link. I just think it would be hilarious if the first one was we still exist. <laughs> yeah. Hey, we're still here. <laughs> You're like, we're, oh, we're still like we're still an out of date. Uh, resource of you know entertainment like the VCR. <laughs> oh, this is actually really interesting. Uh, in January eighteenth, twenty sixteen, uh, they ended the print edition and moved fully online. Uh, so fully it isn't digital? actually still a thing. Fully yeah. digital. That, so that means Roberto Firmino and his Bobby Digital. Is, <laughs> Bobby, is Bobby Digital Penthouse. <laughs> that might actually be the best nickname I've ever named a fantasy Premier League. Bobby player. Digital. Bobby yeah. Digital. I like it. I lo- I, I I mess with that, yo. And in, in the hard cores. Um. <laughs> so, so getting back to the season, everybody's starting to do their rosters, Kev. Yeah. So, 
I know I, I've done one. You've done one. Everybody's done ten. I've done actually like three so far. You've done. You've been sitting home doing it all day. I've done uh, way too much. Why, why, why don't you give uh, the people at home just a taste of what you've done so far with your team? Yeah. Okay. Uh, so currently, I have in goal David de Gea at five five and Mandanda at four dot five. Although earlier today on the game, it called him Mandana. Um, but they did manage to get the second D in there. I think he easily wins that Crystal Palace job. I actually got to see them this weekend. I got to cover them for the Eagles beak, uh, them versus FC Cincinnati, which was very fun. Um, he did not travel, obviously, because France went very deep in the Euros. But um, I, I think he wins that job. And at 4-5, I think it's worth it. And uh, for the first five, he lines up well um, with De Gea, because week four, De Gea is going to have Manchester City. Um, and Donda has Middlesbrough, who I'm not too worried about yet. Uh, we'll see. But but both of them have a pretty easy first five, save for like one match. Um, so that's who I have at the back. Uh, and by the back, I mean in goal. Actually, at the back in my defenders, I have your boy, Christian Fuchs. Uh, Kevin Vimmer, who I mentioned before, I think is a must-own to start the season. Eric Peters, who I have a massive crush on. The fixtures don't really lean his way, though. City, Everton, and Spurs are as two through four. So that's that's uh, definitely up for discussion. Uh, both of us, Hull guys, uh, Robertson at 4-5. Mm-hmm. And then I just have Kingsley in at 4.0 as a price dump. Usually not a fan of the price dump, but, you know, it's so early on. That's just, <laughs> that's just what I did. My midfield is where I, I have most of my money. I have Firmino, who I've mentioned before, I think is going to have a tremendous season, uh, especially when they have no European football. He showed the goal scoring and the assisting in the second half. And if he does that over a full season, he easily ends up as a top 20 player. Cesc Fabregas and Mesut Ozil, the top assist leaders the last two years. We already talked about Fabregas and why. Ozil, because I can finally own Arsenal players. Um, Gilfie Sigurdsson at 7-5, scored 10 goals in the second half of the season, which is obviously an incredible feat. I do think they'll get better. They have to bring in a forward. We should get those assist numbers up. And this is actually a point I want to talk to you about. West Ham and their wingers. Because last year, we already liked Lancini and Antonio. Now Antonio is a right back. Lancini's technically a left winger. But there is going to be some legitimate competition back there. I'm like, I really rate Torre. And I like that he's reuniting with Bilic. But mm-hmm. it was kind of a strange move. Because they already had, like I said, Lanzini and Antonio last year. Both had good seasons. Then Antonio got shifted to right back. So, okay, well that's fair. That gives room for Faguli. To play on the right wing. So you're like, okay, well, Lancini at least is on the left wing. He's fine. You can trust that. But then they bring in Gokan Toure, who can play Toure. Sorry. <laughs> he can play both sides. But he's not going to beat out Faguli, who they just bought and is also pretty inconsistent. So now you have Toure versus Lanzini on the left. And, and I completely understand what they're doing because this is what we did in the Europa League, which is have two squads. But my question to you is, of those four West Ham wingers, which way are you leaning? Well, I'll, I'll say this. Uh, the first game of the weekend where West Ham takes on Chelsea, I'll, I'll drop a little knowledge. Mikel Antonio is the most expensive starting defender at 7.0. That's insane, yeah. How's that? It's not okay. Yeah. But, um, yeah, so I think Antonio plays outside uh, as a defender. Um, I think Noble and Kayate play next to each other in the middle. Then I think Faguli and, you know, Insert name who isn't hurt plays on the other side, and then Paya, obviously. 
Yeah. And probably some forward, because they just keep dropping 30 million bids all over the place. But. Yeah, I think they play. I think they probably come out with a one five four, like a you know one five, you know one two three, four. Are you system. are you just counting? No, one two three. Yeah, one two three four system or four three two one. Interesting. We'll see. Uh, I I'm just a little hesitant on all of them, but whoever you end up taking, all of them are pretty reasonably priced. Like I, I had um, uh, Pierre Emil Hoiberg from mm-hmm. Southampton in here. At 4.5, I had a buck left when I was done making my team, so I upgraded to Faguli. I might downgrade again just to start the season with a little money left in the bank. Oh, um, Faguli! <laughs> it does sound delicious. I, I need a steaming plate of Faguli. Also, I'm pretty concerned that that might be the title. Wow. Wow. <laughs> wow. Um, I did hey, th- Thanks for coming by. Uh, you can find me at Smokey underscore. <laughs> that clearly has ended the show. Um, no. But uh, Fuguli is a very talented player, but he is very inconsistent. I do think he's won that right wing job because I assume Antonio is going to play, be playing uh, right back. I don't think they really trust Byram as much as they thought they did when they first signed him uh, in January. Um, but anyway, so those are my midfielders. Then up front, I have Kane, Dini, and Vardy. Uh, I had Abel Hernandez in here when I had Ibrahimovic, but decided to diversify a bit. I'm not sure I really trust Vardy. Um, you shouldn't. But, but, it was, <laughs> but if you get past Aguero, Ibrahimovic, and Kane, now you're deciding between Costa, who allegedly wants to leave and has to compete with Batshuayi, Sturridge, who's always injured, Rooney, who's not actually a forward anymore, Vardy, who is going to have Champions League, he has to struggle with that this season. They're just a, a Lukaku who you can never trust. There are just so many question marks after that first group, except for Dini, which actually I, I have to give you credit for is a great call at 7.0. If he's staying there, that's, that's an absolute song. They're getting in a different manager. They probably won't play as defensively as they did under Kike Sanchez Flores, which I regret might be the last time I get to bring up his name because it's a phenomenal name. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, Dini at 7.0, considering how overinflated so many of these players are. That, that's an absolute song. Um, but yeah, Vardy at 10 is too much. I just didn't know really where else to go at that price point without cutting from the midfield. And as we mentioned before, the reason why I always like to stack my midfield is for those extra bonus clean sheet points. They're just clean. They're, they're just bonus points mm-hmm. that you get on top of everything else that you're limited to if, if you have forwards. So anyway, that's, that's uh, how my team is currently shaping up. What's yours looking like? Uh... It's kind of I got some some of the same similar guys because we we share like the same brain sometimes and we have we bounce things off each other in goal. Um, I like how uh, Swansea and Crystal Palace line up the season. So I have Fabianski and I have Mandana in goal as well. Oh yeah. Um, the, they start the season pretty well. You know I'm trying to look I'm trying to look at it up and bring it up in a good radio standpoint where you can say you're basically going to play Swansea for the first two games and then Crystal Palace for the next four. Yeah. So they do um, line up well. So those are my two goalies. Um, I'm not. I'm not completely convinced that that Mandana has the has the spot yet. I think Hennessy still yeah, still has. And some. they do have four keepers. Yeah, and, <laughs> and, and Spironi is actually talked about as one of the best practice goalies that anybody's ever seen. I was very yeah. impressed with him live. His shot stopping and open training was incredible. Really, Balassi was the only one putting it past them. Although you could argue that that's more of a Crystal Palace striking issue. Yeah, than, absolutely. Than it is keeping. Uh, in in defense, I like to I like to get like a one A and a one B option. I don't like to go, 
you know, completely, you know, get a top guy and then You're more stars than scrubs? Yeah, I I kind of like getting two guys and then then having a rotation of three guys. Uh so I have Hector Bellerin. I like I like what he brings from the from the outside wing set. I know he's he's in now. Um there's talk that he may miss the beginning of the season. I I, th- I believe I read that somewhere. I could be mistaken. I might have been reading Penthouse forums. Uh, and then, <laughs> Which is now name, the only place you can read it. Yeah. So Bellerin was actually the second defender I put in. My first guy I put in is VVD. Listen, Virgil van Dyke is where it's at. Uh, where Southampton or what they do with their defensive system now is up for grabs because I don't know what the guy who coaches at Monaco does. Sorry, I don't want to bring it up to you because I don't play fantasy Premier League Monaco. Um <laughs> Yeah, but yeah. So so it's Bellerin and Van Dyke, and then it's a big rotation for me. I have Robertson, I have Neil Taylor, and I have Ben Me. All four oh, nice. I I liked Swansea's rotation for the first two games. So Neil Taylor is a must. He showed well in the Euros, doing creating chances, and I think it creates this year for Swansea because they're going to need him to. Uh, but I think Swansea is one of those teams that could could jump up, you know, three or four spots and and make people and wonder. Arguably, like, should talent wise. Absolutely, absolutely. With Andre Au there, they they have the talent uh, through the midfield. If you're paying attention 15 minutes ago, I basically listed my midfield. I, I, I went Della Ali, Roberto Firmino, Cesc Fabregas, Andres Townsend, Ziggy Sertzen, Sigurdsson. Yeah. Uh, I went for medium value with optimal return. Uh, I like Townsend and Crystal Palace. Um, I think that he is the kind of player that Zaha isn't. Yeah. That's, and that's not an insult to Zaha. I He's think, more direct. I think Zaha is a, better, is, is a phenomenal player. He's basically Wilfred Zaha is uh, going down a hill in San Francisco with no pedals. <laughs> Andres Townsend is going down a tandem bike with, you know, you know another midfield extra partner. pedals. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, I think the ability, the ability he has there is going to be is going to be good enough for him to be worth the six five and more. Um, I could see him leading Crystal Palace in, you know, chances created and, you know, shots on goal. Um, I, I will say about that, I agree with you, and he did look very good this weekend. But if you're going to take a team that's already overloaded on wingers, because they also have Bakary Sako that plays on the wing as well to go with Balassi and Zaha, I, I personally would go Fagouli over him at 5-5 because you have the same question marks on a better team. Yeah, that's just me though. Yeah, I mean, it, it, Townsend is basically my fifth midfielder, so he probably isn't gonna play much anyway. True. I'll tell you this: if they do end up signing Benteke, which is the rumor of the day, absolutely, um, then it goes up a lot, and it would help both of them because Crystal Palace finished second in crosses last season. Mm-hmm. So if you bring in a tall target man, which by the way is supposed to be what Wickham was, uh, obviously he's <laughs> with injuries a lot last season. And then Adebayor, which was equally laughable. Um, but if they get somebody like Benteke, who's listed at 7-5, I believe, both of their values go up a lot. 7-5. Yeah, yeah, he's 7-5. Uh, and then midfield, Del Ali, we went over with, with Christian Eriksen. I like his athletic ability. I think he'll be on the pitch for most most of their games. Firmino, I believe, is a, is a steal at 8.5. He's basically going to give you forward return through the midfield. Um, no it, Coutinho, eh? Hmm. No. You know, I, I, it's the beginning of the season. I usually like to put the better players before the first game, so I left Coutinho out for now. But by, <laughs> but Firmino's probably going to leave lead Liverpool in goals this year. Can I be so bold to say that right yeah, now? Yeah, because their forwards are all going to rotate. 
Yeah. Um, you know, and Sigurdsson is, like you said, he had 10 goals the second half of the season. He basically was a different player when they started playing differently. Uh, and Swansea is kind of like my sleeper team this year. Up top, I did the damned if you do, damned if you don't Aguero. Pa- paired him with Dini, who at 7.0 for a guy who basically is responsible for all the team's PKs and is the captain, is never going to sit. And if he gets transferred to another team, he's still going to play because he's got that bulldog mentality. And at 7.0, yeah, I'm completely buying. And my love for Shane Long at 6.5 is <laughs> still going to well grow. noted. It's <laughs> still going to grow strong. Um, Southampton, you know, uh, Kevin brought up the fact that, you know, they still have Charlie Austin and Charlie Austin is a big flagpole. He just stands there and doesn't move very much. Um, Shane Long is a workhorse. If anybody watched him in the Euros, he just ran his legs off. And he can uh, jump so high because of hurling, uh, which of hurling. I now know thanks to Gitto Huellen, uh, yeah, who, brought, who brought that up. And he just yeah. has hilarious ups. Yeah. So, I mean... Are you opposed to having Aguero on your roster, Kev? Uh, I am in a weird spot because I talked about missing out on Otso so much last season that I feel obligated to have him in my team. He's been your first guy you put in your team every time you've redone it. <laughs> he has. He really has. Uh, he's been the one constant throughout all of it. Uh, the, the rock in the storm. Mm-hmm. But... Um, that that would be a decision I have to make, especially considering I have Kane in there. One of Kane or Otzel I'd have to drop to to bring Aguero in, and I'm not currently really willing to do either. Obviously, it's a very very high price. You do get a lot of those those goals, and as we mentioned last season, he's always a better captain option than Kane because the the likelihood that he scores multiples in a game is higher. Mm-hmm. But we both I think we agreed on last year the likelihood of Kane scoring in a single match is higher. Yeah, but Aguero's more likely for multiples. I, I I think that this one honestly for me comes down to fandom, which take it or leave it. But part part of the game is to have fun, right? And, and yeah, absolutely. If Kane scores, absolutely. then you have a whole lot of fun. Aguero is going to score his goals. I mm-hmm. I think both of them finish with more than eighteen. I think, and I've said this before, and I'm going to knock on all the things while I say it, uh, including the mic. I think this is the year that Kane picks up his first injury. He's played 24 months of straight football. Because not only did he play the Euros this season, but he also played the U21 Euros last season. Um, So I think he might miss a few, and that's why he'll end up below 20. But they're both going to end up at 18-plus goals. Kane's Mm going to do it a little cheaper. He might score fewer. If you're in a league that uses weeks, Kane will not win you as many weeks as Aguero will. But come the end of the season, they're both going to be top-five strikers. I'm just leaning Kane. I, I totally understand the Aguero thing, and when he scores like three in the first two weeks, am I going to have to like reorder my whole team to get him in? Yes. Actually, while I'm rambling, that's a really interesting point, because if you bring Aguero in now to start the season, you have a very easy way easy to get to, a lot of money. It's easy to downshift than yeah. upshift. No, Especially early point. in the season. And and I did I've done a couple rosters and I've I've shifted guys around but Aguero's always been on my team and I've never I've never put Aguerovic into my tandem. Yeah, that's um, so much money. But I but I have been dabbling and I'm gonna be so bold that you know I'm a feel guy I like feel with fantasy and you know I think Olivier Giroud is gonna have a good year. Me too. Weirdly, we both agree on that. You know, and you were bringing up guys who are priced similar to Vardy and. You know, I, I wanted to nine? jump in, but I was—he's uh, at nine. He was—I yeah. was on mute, and I didn't jump in. I said something, <laughs> but it, it was on mute. 
Um, but I think Giroux could be everything that you know Vardy was last year. He Goal. finished on seventeen, right? Sixteen, sixteen. Because he, he had three. Yeah, he had three on the last day. He had a yep. hat trick. Yeah. He he won many people's mini leagues if you triple captained Olivier Drew with fifty one. Which, by know. the way, you shouldn't have. <laughs> Sometimes, I, yeah. sometimes the results don't back up the process. Sometimes, <laughs> if you look at your roster and go, "I smoke rocks," <laughs> hey Joe Rogan, I got a secret. I smoke oh. rocks. <laughs> anyway, yeah, no, I I, yeah. I agree with you on Drew. If they end up bringing in a Cardi, that obviously kills mm-hmm. him. But uh, yeah, as of right now. You have to love Giroud and his 309.8 ICT index score. <laughs> there you go. 3.09815654 oh, pi. Duh. And his ratio to pi. <laughs> it's uh, yeah, you know what? Let's let's look up what his rating was via ICT index on Arsenal last season. ABC ICT. He was uh third in ICT behind Utsil and Sanchez, who by the way still can't play with Giroud. For some strange reason. Because their parents have them on timeout. <laughs> One of them's like, oh, you play nice with that Sanchez kid. And he's like, ah, oh, but I don't want to. I don't want to. Man, that's super racist. Yeah. All right. Yeah, that was very, sounds like you had peanut butter. Just say you had um, peanut butter in your mouth. That's oh, yeah. Okay, cough. Mm. So, so, so I think we've I think we've covered enough today, Kev. What do you think? Uh, there is one last thing that I want to get to, okay, which is matchups. Um, which we did allude to a little earlier. I, I'm not going to list all of their matches. I just e- broke them down at the beginning into five teams I like to start the season and five I don't. This can either be attack issues, defense issues, or good things for either of those things. Or bad but, ICT ratings. <laughs> or bad ICT ratings. The five I like to start the season. Manchester United, Crystal Palace, Leicester, Tottenham, and Chelsea. The five I don't like to start the season, Bournemouth, Watford, Liverpool, West Ham, and Stoke. Mm -hmm. And what separates them is, for the ones I like, they have three or more good matches out of five, and the ones I don't is is three or less. So it's just Mm -hmm. majority. Yeah, I I, I agree. I mean, I was looking at the defensive rotations myself. Um, I touched on when I did my my team. I I love the Swansea Palace as my... First, begin the gear rotation. Yeah, but Swansea, as uh, we mentioned, does get rough after the first couple. Yeah, yeah first yeah. two. After the first two, you you don't want any Swansea players, but they're not really going to cost you a lot because there's no real investment value there. And if you're going to invest, you're probably investing in the back end because their first two games are versus Burnley and. Hold on, let me hit next. Uh... And they're and they're and and Hull. There you go. So. So investment-wise, you're not really investing a ton there. Uh, second, you know, I had West Brom and Stoke in there because they rotate a little okay. You know, if, if you can avoid the I Stoke liked Man Dawson City at the beginning, yeah. Yeah, if if you can avoid Stoke Man City game, I believe their their schedule flattens oh, I think out a little I missed, bit. I think I missed Chris Brunt. Chris Brunt? No, you said it in the change position. Oh, did you I? Said, because yeah, as a defender, did. it's interesting. I mean, the... he's got a tor- He's just coming off a torn ACL. He's not going to matter anyway. I mean, he had four assists in just 1,800 minutes played last I had, season. I had seven goals in a game in seventh grade, dude. <laughs> I'm just saying, he has more than four assists the last one, two, three, four, five, six years. Yeah. Four, and, ten, four, six, eight, eleven. And Northern Ireland missed him in the fucking They, they sure did. I, I'm just saying, I, 
that's an interesting one because with Daly Blint, you're not going to get goals regardless of where he no, plays. Absolutely, but not. Chris Brunt is actually going to be involved going forward because he crosses the ball and he takes and he takes corners. Yep. And then my and then my third uh, defensive rotation to look at, uh, if you have a little bit more money to spend, Chelsea and Spurs line up very well as well. Mm. Oh, would you do that? Would I spend money on defense or on would Chelsea's I? defense? No, there's okay. nobody there I like. You don't know who's playing where yet. I, I, I feel very confident that Azpilicueta is the only player I know is playing every week. I know. I don't even know if it's at right back or left back. All I know is Papa Jabodi is not going to be Oh, Papa Jilabodji? He went on loan to the back half of last year? I guess. He, he played their first preseason game. Oh, interesting. Yeah, so he must be back. Yeah, th- yeah th- there's only one person that I'd want from the Chelsea defense, and he's currently not healthy, so... Oh, and um, dum 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 dum. Kurt Zumba. Yeah, but it'll be interesting. Yeah. yeah, but the price tags on a lot of the defenders, you know, most of them are five dot five and above. So they're, they're basically investing a number two in them or a number one with Toby. So, right. but I like I like your shout for Kevin Vimmer. You know, the only bad thing is that he's Austrian and Austria sucks. They sure did at the world the World Cup at the Euros, the World um, Cup of Europe. The, the World Cup of Europe, indeed. All right, well, with that, I think we're done. Uh, why don't you tell the folks where they can find you? Uh, as always, you can find me on, on rasball.com or on the Twitter maker machine at Smokey underscore Loogie, L-O-O-G-Y. Uh, and on this podcast, we'll probably be coming to you, you know, live and direct once in a, once in a while. So check us out. Yeah, I'm I'm hoping that we get a get an episode in next week, hoping to talk a little bit about draft strategy. Um, no, we'll do. We're gonna we're gonna hit it up again end of this week. End of this week. We'll end of back. this week. Yeah, man. Man, don't make promises I can't keep. Nope. Sometime Sat- before next weekend, and by next weekend I don't mean this coming weekend. <laughs> Saturday, Saturday at seven o'clock p.m. You're going to be on doing a podcast with me. That. Uh, we'll see. <laughs> Rob's it's, very it's optimistic com- about you. It's completely not happening for me either. <laughs> um, but yeah, like I said, by the end of next week, we'll have a show, hopefully with John Wallen on, talking about all your draft stuff as, as we head into draft season with that. I'm sure we'll touch on the, the official game as well as we have more news um, and more transfers probably going to happen by then. And that, that you know, hopefully we'll know more about how teams are going to be shaping up by then, and I'm sure both of us will pass our 50th new team by then. So we'll update you on all of that. Um, As he said, he's Rob Langevin at Smokey Loogie. You can find him over at all of his Razzball stuff. I'm Kevin DeVries. I'm still contemplating if I'm going to write a fantasy article this week for the Eagles' beak. More likely than not, so check that out if it is up. Uh, And the EPL Roundtable starts back in earnest this Sunday, where we're going to have a promotion special. Uh, with a guest from each of the promoted clubs, Burnley, Middlesbrough, and Hull. Uh, so if you're interested in that, check that out. And in the interim, I uh, hope you had fun listening to this. Have fun setting your lineups a million times, and we'll talk to you next week. Hey.
Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware.